Welcome to Younger Older. I'm Dave Wager, your host, and we're here in the studios at Silver Birch Ranch on the campus of the Nicolay Bible Institute. And I invite you to go to silverbirchranch.org, take a look at that website, come and visit us here at camp in northern Wisconsin, if, and see how we can serve you, your family, your church. We also have a facility called the Wolf River Refuge. It's really a facility dedicated to small group ministries, and we invite you to check that out at the website as well at silverbirchranch.org. Uh, this is a program where I, an older gentleman that's been in ministry for many years, uh, like to grab uh, some of the younger guys that are in ministry here at Silver Birch Ranch and just talk to them about life. And I think that dialogues between generations are important. And it's important because what you want to do is you want to outline things that haven't changed. That's all. There, are, When I was younger, my dad used to make sure that I understood the difference between methods and principles. Principles are things that never change. You know, for example, there is a God. Dave is not him. <laughs> All right, so th that will always be the same. And I don't know how many times I've started my prayer time with God just saying that, God, you're God, I'm Dave, and I go on from there. Right. Because I adjust. Um, and, and so that's a principle. It's not going to change. Now, how you pray. You can pray walking. You can pray on your knees. You, that's a method. And I think it's very important that you separate the two. And I'm with Gareth, who works here at Silver Birch Ranch. And Gareth is uh, working in the mechanical side of things. He, he is very skilled with his hands, and he uses those hands to glorify God by working on various pieces of equipment to make sure that we can serve the many children and families that come here. So we appreciate his work and his family. And um, where'd you come from, anyway? You're, you're a Canuck, a, can uh, a Canadian. I came from my mother and father. Yeah, I know that. Um, no, I'm, I, me and my wife moved here from Nebraska. We were there for four years, and then I'm originally from Detroit, Michigan, and she's from Kansas. How'd you, how, what's your Canadian connection? Uh, my mother is half Canadian, so I'm a quarter. Okay, so you're a quarter Canadian. Yeah. Uh, that's good. We, we like to have foreigners. <laughs> a little more apologetic I, yeah, I, guess, I, I guess you're not <laughs> really a foreigner, but maybe I, I can call you that. I keep trying to pass myself off as Native American, and I get in trouble. Yeah, your Swedish heritage really uh, yeah, pushes I, that one out. I am Swedish, but I don't under here. There's things I don't understand. <laughs> all right, now, now this is I know totally meaningless. Yep. And everyone could say you are such a, you know, old guy or something, but I don't understand why a person like myself who was born in Swedish Covenant Hospital mm -hmm. in Chicago, Illinois, right. why I'm not a native. Aren't I native to? United States? No, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. So the idea of Native American doesn't make sense because well, we got to be careful treading that line. No, I know. <laughs> I, I, if you just heard the whole conversation, you know I'm not right. bashing anybody. Right. I'm just saying, am I Native or am I not Native? And I understand people say, well, that's not how we use it. Well, Indigenous, I get, is a different word. I see. I would still throw that along the lines as Native. I guess so. Well, here, here's why I bring it up. I think there's so many things that can cause hurt. Yeah. I have, I have great friends that are Native Americans, and, and, mm -hmm. and I am Swedish by heritage, so hopefully you, you, know, you have friends that are Swedish. Who knows? My wife's but, Swedish. There you go. So the bottom line really is you know, that doesn't actually matter, and in the scriptures it doesn't matter. Right. We, we can honor people's heritage. I've been all over the, the world on mission trips and done that, I, I totally enjoy immersing myself into somebody else's culture. Mm -hmm. uh, when I went up to Alaska, which is part of the United States, I had to keep reminding myself that it was part of the United States. Right. Because it felt very different. But I totally enjoyed 
the cuisine, the people, the whole lifestyle along the Bering Sea there is totally different than what mm-hmm. I was used to and totally enjoyed the people and how they, they, they responded to the gospel. It, it doesn't matter where you're from. Truth always is something that's applicable to every human everywhere in the planet. Right. And so that's a fun thing to do. Um, I think when you what we we've lost is the ability to even dialogue with people of different ethnic backgrounds or different sociological or anything else mm-hmm. backgrounds because we're looking always to get hurt. Right. By that. Well, I'm not sure we want to hurt anybody. I grew up in Chicago in a Polish neighborhood. <laughs> That's not bad. Yeah. So not only that, in Chicago when I grew up, there was the Polish neighborhood, there was the Italian neighborhoods, there was Chinatown. Mm-hmm. You know, it, now I, I think those places still exist. And not only that, nobody was making fun of anybody. Yeah. If you wanted a good Chinese meal, you go to Chinatown. That's where you go. Mm-hmm. You, you don't go to a Swedish restaurant for that. You go to a Swedish restaurant for Swedish food. Mm-hmm. And and I'm not sure we can celebrate that anymore because I'm not really saying it disrespectfully to anybody. No. Uh, however you want it to say it, I'm you know, I'm not trying to be disrespectful. So now you can see someone my age tiptoeing around trying to figure out how to say things. Yeah. Does your generation tiptoe around or you just not say it? Do you do you, like would you use the term Chinatown if you were in Chicago? Yeah, I mean that's what it's called. Okay. So I, I, just I mean, if that's, or- yeah, if that's what it's been called for years, yeah, that's what it's called. I don't mean it in a harsh or a mean way. I'm not trying to be rude to anyone. That's just what its name is. Okay. Because I, I have found myself when I'm talking to someone in your generation, I'm saying something, they go, don't say that. And I think, did I just say something that was harmful? I, you know, I, like I'll, I'll sit down with a guy who, uh, who maybe is Polish in heritage and I'll mm-hmm. say, oh, I grew up in this section that, of Chicago. Do you, do you cook Polish sausage this way? Yeah. It's like, should I be insulted that you think I eat Polish food? Well, you, you're just talking about your Polish heritage. I grew up in this in right. area where Polish heritage was. Or my, my dad's church was in an area where there were a lot of Bohemians. Mm-hmm. And and believe it or not, Bohemians, they, they eat certain foods. Right. And one of them is kolachki's. And yep. kolachkis are these little desserts, you know, that are probably no good for you health-wise. And they're amazing. They're, they're really good little desserts. And so I see someone that's, that's um, you know, a bohemian. I'll say, oh, do you make kolachkis? I've had some look at me like, oh, that's stereotypic. Now, wait a minute. It's an honest question. It's an honest question. You, you eat foods that are more... Uh, geared toward where you came from and what right. your family does. Every family eats differently. I don't even care what part of the country you're from. Mm-hmm. You you eat different. If I go down south, you know, if I'm eating Cajun food, you know, to me, Cajun food is grab some sand, throw it in there and eat it. You know what I mean? <laughs> that, 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 that's Cajun food to me. Now, and a whole lot of spice. Yeah, a whole lot of spice with sand and dirt. Throw it in there, mix it all in a pot and call it gumbo. Yeah. I mean, and put it on a plate. Now, I know all those people that eat that food. I am not trying to be disrespectful to anybody. I'm saying my taste buds, no. You know, we had someone up here in Nicolay Bible Institute last year from Mexico. Mm -hmm. And uh, I have a Swedish tongue. You know, I do not like hot foods. Right. And so we had discussions on differences in foods and culture. Mm -hmm. And actually, I'm a richer person for having a discussion with somebody from another place. 
Yeah. I, I fear we're losing those that ability to maintain identity and to maintain these discussions because we're so afraid of offending somebody when maybe we're not trying to offend somebody. We're trying to understand why are you different right. and, and not even judging that. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I think we've lost something anyway. Well, as a world. Canadian, you can. I have no problem with you asking if I eat everything with maple syrup. There you go. Yeah, hey. Because <laughs> it's true. <laughs> yeah. Hey, well, you know what? As a northern Wisconsiner, so do I. Yeah. And and that's one of those things. Do you know, though, the price of that has gone up? Oh, I don't doubt it. Yeah, everything else has gone up, too. Now, here, what I want to talk about, though, is the idea of uh, freedom that people have to make choices in mm-hmm. the context of their their world, their life. They get to do that. Um, but if there is no truth, then what guides our choices? And right now, today, there seems to be no truth or confusion as to the fact that if there is truth, I can't find it. Right. For example, um, is there really... I am not trying to get into controversial areas. Here we go. But is there really global warming happening or not? I'm not a scientist. I don't know. All right. And even if you were a scientist, I would have to ask what you mean by scientist, I guess. Right. Now, I know that half the radios just went off because they think he's bashing global warming or whatever (laughs) it might be. You know, I don't know. My master's degree is in science and education. I've gone through courses where I've talked to scientists and people have their doctorates. And what I've understood through time is that climate has changed mm-hmm. through time. We've had ice ages. We've had warm periods. We've, we, we, you know, the whole works. So when someone says there's climate change, I'm not actually surprised at that. Right. Because I figure, well, that's what's happened. Here at Silver Birch Ranch, the, the lake the lake has gone up and down through the years. It actually uh, parallels what Lake Michigan does. Okay. So some years it's really low, some years it's really high. When it was really low, there were people saying that, oh, we need to do something about this. It's terrible. We need to, you know, put some wells in it to get more water. And and the DNR kept saying, no, it's in a cycle. Yeah, it's a lake. It it actually goes through a cycle like Lake Lake Michigan. There's groundwater in Wisconsin. And the groundwater, you know, we had drought conditions for, you know, 15 years ago. That groundwater's right. finally made it down to the aquifer, and there isn't any there. So now that we don't have as much for a while. Yeah. And and when we get the wet years down there, we're going to get more. And exactly what happened. The lake came up. Now it went down a little this year again. Yeah, it, I think it receded like 12 feet from yeah. our – we had to push the dock back and whatnot. But it cycles. Mm-hmm. That's normal. So I look at the world today and I go, okay, all this talk of global warming, all the talk of, of, uh, of a climate change, I can understand that. But what if climate change is a normal pattern in the, in the world mm-hmm. and we all start making decisions based on something that we think is a permanent pattern? Right. So, so that becomes a danger to me. And then for me to ask that question, I get beat up. Right. Like I'm a dumb guy that doesn't know what's going on in the world. Yeah, you're insensitive. You're this, you're that. And it's like, wait a minute. I'm asking the question. If I go back in history, I find all kinds of climate change. Mm -hmm. So why is this different than other climate change periods in life? And, Mm -hmm. And if I'm not allowed to ask that question, then I'm not sure we can have a dialogue on anything. Right. And I'm not even trying to be angry about it. If you can actually produce reasons why, maybe I could listen to it and figure it out. But but I don't, I don't really know. 
Yeah. You go through, and there's there's other areas that are confusing to me. You, mm-hmm. you want to hear some of them? Oh, let's let's do it. Let's do the confusion. <laughs> we as a nation, because we want to be good stewards of the climate, we don't want to. The people that say that anyway don't want to dig more oil wells. We're gonna get away from oil. You're gonna get me in a rant. Yeah, but then. We go to the Middle East and we ask them to produce more oil for us. Right. So we're asking them to do more oil, and then we're trying to look good by do less oil. Some something's missing there for me. It's like, why would we ask them to produce more, and we use more, but we make it look like we're not using more, so that we can look better, so that we can affect climate change. I would say it's the illusion of the superiority complex. Uh, something. But the last program that we did, and you can go back to silverbirdranch.org and get that if you want. But the last program we did, we were talking about, you know, the idea of anxiety and depression. Yeah. These are things that I think subconsciously are destroying the very mental fabric of the United States. Because mm-hmm. you look at this and you go, wait a minute, I can't talk to somebody about their heritage because they might be insulted by the words I use. Right. I can't understand if there's really global warming or climate change or whatever it is on a permanent basis because there's too much propaganda out there and I can't figure it out. Yeah. Everyone's got an opinion on it. And if you I, don't agree with them, you don't know anything. Yeah. And I I don't know if we really need to change from fossil fuels. And if we do, why aren't there more atomic reactors going in to have electricity since they don't put out anything? Well, they had the hydrogen cars, but those had a habit of going poof. Yeah, well, I guess we don't want to go poof or whatever, yeah. <laughs> whatever that might be. I have another confusion. I mean, same thing. In northern Wisconsin, they they wanted to put in a copper mine. Uh, years ago, and and they still probably do. There's some really, really rich soil or mine areas a little north of us here, and and people protested it, saying, you know, you're gonna. And I'm thinking, okay, if you can be against copper mines, that's fine with me. Mm-hmm. But then, do you use copper? Right. If you're really against copper mines, don't use copper. If yeah. you're if you're against like gold mines, don't use gold. You know, I mean one of those things right but the bottom line really is why would you say we don't want that mine in our backyard but we want to use copper so put it in your backyard see that doesn't make any sense to me yeah and that's what i hear with the oil we don't want to ruin our landscape by getting oil so why don't you ruin yours saudi arabia and give us more oil right or somebody else over there venezuela or whoever else is pumping oil out of the ground why don't you ruin your area we don't want to ruin our forest anymore so why don't the canadians cut down all their trees (laughs) you know i mean eventually your brain goes there's something not registering here right because we're going to ask you know a bunch of other places to do this and then when we're not we're going to say oh we're going you know green we're we're dropping emissions all this kind of stuff but in reality it's like no you're you're consuming the same you're just not producing it right and and again confusion starts to reign and when people are living in a confused society Mm -hmm. they act confused right and when you are confused you go numb yes that's what happens and so now as i talk to a generation that's coming up they're numb oh yeah anxious depressed they're numb because what they're hearing constantly 
is more propaganda than anything. People trying to get, let me give you another confusing area, taxes. You pay taxes. Unfortunately, yes. Yes, but you're not, <laughs> you're not in the tax bracket where a lot of the great discounts affect you. No, I don't make that much. No. So you're one of the normal people in the United right. States of America. You're, you're in the same bracket I've been for all my life. So it's like, yeah. okay, we're in this bracket where it doesn't actually matter that much. Yeah. There are people who write all the tax laws that are benefiting greatly from the taxes. Right. And they're the ones that want to raise taxes. So it's like, okay, now I'm confused. Not only that, the tax code. I don't know how many pages it is. but Can I, you see the veins popping out of my head yes, yet? Yes. Well, <laughs> the tax code is long, isn't it? Oh, gosh, but yes. I don't know how many pages, so anyone that wants to Too look many. it up can look it up. But here's my question, too. I, I've talked to tax accountants. Uh-huh. All right? And if I find out you're a tax accountant, I'm going to ask you this question, if, if I know you're one. I'm yeah. going to ask, have you read the entire tax code? And so far, everyone that I've talked to has said no. Right. And I'm thinking, okay, we do have a tax code. It is so complicated and so long that nobody reads it. Well, I would say that's because we common folk aren't meant to know what it means. Okay, well, do you think that's a problem? I do, absolutely. So now all of a sudden, when, when I start talking to you about taxes, where does your brain go? <laughs> yeah, it's gone. Yeah. You go into confusion state, which you go into numb state. Right. And now you're just staying numb. Yeah. And and I don't blame you because it doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. And that's why there's some people out that are advocating getting back to simple. And, and what I want to focus on the rest of this program is, okay, I think there's answers for people who are uh, anxious and depressed. Yeah. I think you get back to simple truth. Right. And if you can focus on simple truth and get rid of all of the variables out there, you'll be okay. Mm-hmm. Because simple truth is easy to understand. And I'll go back to my basic there's a God, I'm not him. Right. Then I go back to the book of Genesis where it says, in the beginning, God. Oh, not in the beginning, Dave. Right. So if I'm acting like in the beginning, Dave, and if I'm acting like I'm the one that controls anything, mm-hmm. I immediately got to simplify that and say, no, I'm not. Right. And that's not going to be hard for me to see. <laughs> you know? So in the beginning, God. And what did he do? He created the heavens and the earth. Exactly. All right. That's pretty simple. Yeah. We know these things to be true. Okay. So if God created something, then he created it with a purpose in mind. Yep. All right. What's the purpose? That's what I'm going to look for. Right. Now, all of a sudden, I've made life a whole lot simpler than what everyone else is making it. Mm-hmm. Not only that, later in the Bible, here, here's something that I think everybody picks up subconsciously. When Jesus was asked what what is important for somebody to do, he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Love each other as yourself. So right. Then he was quiet. Mm-hmm. So he said two things. If I really want to understand life, I need to know what he meant by that. Right. So I need to go into the Bible and figure out what he meant by that. And it's it's not very hard. But here's a little summary of it. There were things that were created to love and there were things that were created to use. Right. When you love what you should use, you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. And when you use what you should love, you're in trouble. Right. 
So you're a mechanic. Yep. You have tools that you use on a regular basis. Absolutely. Do you love those tools? No. No, but in America, <laughs> I love my wife. You, in, in America, you might say that because right. we love pizza. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, the word love, first of all, is all messed up. Right. In the English language, we only have one word for love. Yeah. But the truth is you have certain tools, and those tools are are meant to be used. Oh, yeah. Not loved. No. Anything from Harbor Freight or Milwaukee gets. There you go. Because warranty. Now, now your, your wife, is she yep. meant to be used or loved? I would be a dead man if I exactly. thought like that. No, she is the love of my life, and that's why I've been married to her and for the last three years. And she's meant to be loved. Yeah. And there's a difference between using and loving. Absolutely. That's why so many people are anxious and depressed. Yeah. Because they don't understand it. They think relationships, they use another person in their relationship. It's Yeah, it's a very narcissistic almost way of thinking where you're only having a relationship out of personal gain. Absolutely. So now if I own a business, it's really, you know, if I do it in a Christian way, mm-hmm. then I don't use the people for my own benefit. I use the business to help the people. Right. Okay, that's a different mind frame. Mm-hmm. If if I'm in a marriage, and I am, my wife is to be loved, not used. Right. My wife looks at me and goes, my husband is to be loved, not used. Right. Children are to be loved, not used. People mm-hmm. are to be loved, not used. And the Bible's made that clear. It's gone through and it's talked about how, um, you know, it's really bad when you love money. Yep. It's the root of all evil. Why? Because money is something given to you to be used. Right. Not loved. Yeah. So you think of it in terms, okay, money is to be used for what? Well, the Christians, it would be to glorify God's name. To love. Mm Mm-hmm. Because that's it. Now, once again, we've just simplified the whole world. Everything falls into two categories. Yep. You either use it or love it. Right. So a house not to be loved. No. Used. A boat. Used. Thrown in a ditch. Yeah, yeah, yeah thrown in a ditch. <laughs> if you're a mechanic, you don't like boats. Right. A, a car to be used. Right. A child. Loved. To be, to be loved. God to be loved. Yeah. So so now you've got the two major categories and what you do with them. And if you mess those categories up, your brain is going to get scrambled. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden you're going, oh, I just love this wrench. You know, I love this wrench. I have to use, and no, that's weird. Yeah. Because you weren't meant to love a wrench. You weren't meant to love money. You weren't let. You weren't meant to love power or authority. Mm-hmm. When I teach leadership to Nicolay Bible Institute students, I have a simple rule for them in leadership. I said, anyone in, who's in leadership, no matter who they are, they have power and authority. Yeah. But they're only legitimate leaders if they use that power and authority for others and not right. for themselves. So now what I just said was, you don't love power. You use power. Right. You use it for somebody else, not mm-hmm. for yourself. And I think when we look at our national leaders, I think that's where we struggle inside and we have trouble bringing it out and talking about it. I think we struggle because we look at it and go, I think they're using their power and authority for them. Oh, yeah. So so now they've just made it so that I don't want to listen to their leadership. Right. And I think that's where a lot of people have gone numb is because 
at least for me, I, I'm not political in any way, and that's a whole separate rant. Yeah, but th- okay, let's talk about that. Okay, you're not political. Why? Um, to me, I think our government has been corrupted by, like we said, personal gain, um, the use of power for evil. I personally don't think that it represents and is built for the good of its people anymore. Okay. Um, I mean, and this comes from the way I grew up, like growing up, okay. talking, talking about that, um, seeing what happens on the news, what happens in the world. It's almost common knowledge now that, all right, news centers are biased. So what do we go? We go to social media. We go to different eyewitness accounts, that kind of thing. We've almost kind of taken a step back of word of mouth almost. Um, so as someone growing up in that, I go, all right, the news doesn't tell the truth 99% of the time. The government can't be trusted. And the people around me are out to get me. And that's kind of the general consensus. So as a generation, what do we do? We can either worry about it and oh, that's not going to get us anywhere because it's not going to do anything. Or we can go numb to it and only worry about ourselves. Uh, that can be sometimes a good thing or it can be sometimes a very bad thing where it goes into that narcissistic um, trait of everything is personal gain at that point. Where I'm just trying to get myself ahead. To where for me it's, alright I don't control anything. But luckily I have a father in heaven who does. And that's a lot of weight off my chest and stress off my shoulders. Right. And my question to you is, I, I think you're handling it right as far as going to God and saying, God, this is your business. Yeah. In the same respect, as I look at our nation, I think, well, how do we fix it then? We have to fix it. Because for future generations, this is going to continue to deteriorate to, well, it can't hold up anything anymore. Yeah. And then life is going to be much different here in the United States because we started out as people who feared God. Oh, absolutely. And now we're, we don't seem to do that anymore. You know, it, you, it used to be for me that, if, you know, the people that, that fought in wars for the United States of America, we honored them. Right. Vietnam kind of changed that. Oh, yes, it did. Holy cow. So when Vietnam, and that's my generation, obviously, that was my age group, that changed a lot of things for us. Yeah. Now when you look at soldiers, you you like to think the World War II soldiers. Right. You'd like to honor and, but see, now you're looking at a nation going, why are you sending people to war? Right. We spent, you know, Afghanistan was a 20-year war that you kind of look back on and go, why were we there? Yeah. So, you're, you know, your generation, Afghanistan, my generation, Vietnam War. Yeah. And you look at it now and you go, you're going to have trouble recruiting. Yeah. Because people are wondering why they want to go to war. Especially when it's got the highest um, rate of depression and alcoholism. Yeah. And suicide. Absolutely. So I, I find it interesting. I think if you would go back to the simple, you would be able to solve a lot of problems in the world, no matter what age you are. You have to go back to the beginning and say in the beginning, God, start there. Mm-hmm. Understand that you were created by him, no mistakes, that he loves you. Yeah. And that while you are still a sinner, he sent Jesus to pay the price for your sins. In other words, God gave. He loved. He didn't take from you. Yeah. In fact, one of the coolest things for you to realize is God doesn't actually need you. <laughs> he wants you. Right. And that makes a huge difference in the world. And I invite you to get into the scriptures, uh, go look at other younger, older broadcasts, and 
get a relationship with God that actually matters because that's the basic truth that you're going to need to have in your life. Well, this is Dave Wager for Younger Older. Thanks for listening. Goodbye for now.